0: So you're going to get paid a little bit tonight. That's the one I gather. All right. Let me start this again. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 31. It says, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy father, which he swear unto them. Uh, and again, I want to speak to you tonight on God's mercy. Uh, it. Uh, I, I hope uh it has a, some of the same effects as it had on me studying it. Um, I did go over this once in my Sunday school class. Uh, but when we talk about the mercy of God, we really need to leave this place with hearts of gratitude uh, and a fearful reverence <laughs> for the mercy of God in our lives. Uh, let's pray, and I'll get into this context a little bit more. Dearly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to uh, gather again in this place with your people. And we pray that as we look into your word that you would give us a deeper understanding of the mercy we've received at your hand, what it means in our lives, even on a daily basis. Help us, dear Lord, have hearts of gratitude for all that you've done for us, really undeserved it on our part. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, here in this uh, uh, passage, if you look back up at verse 14, it says, And the Lord commanded me at the time to teach you statutes and judgments, this is Moses, that you might do them in the land whether you go over to possess it. it says, Take ye therefore uh, good heed, this is chapter 4 still, we're back up in verse 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for you saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves. And make you a graven image, the simitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of beasts. So he goes on there and he basically tells them, listen, you're going to go into the land and you're going to worship false gods. And you're going to have judgment. And when he gets down to verse 30, 30 he says, When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, the judgment that he's going to give them because of their going astray, all the tribulations are upon you even in the latter days if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice and then he gives this parenthetical thought for the Lord thy God is a merciful God in other words what he's saying there is is if you return uh, though you do not deserve it God is going to show you mercy and give you blessing if you'll turn back to him even after coming out of judgment Now, in looking up, you know, kind of a definition for mercy, uh, my go-to usually is uh, Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary Uh, because he almost always gives a a definition and he'll give a Bible reference definition. Let me read what he says about mercy. Uh, It was one of his longer definitions, but uh, listen to the pieces of this because it's going to, give us a greater understanding as we go through these few passages here. He says that mercy, he says that benevolence, by the way, you can talk to me, what is benevolence? Okay, it's, not, it's a little more than goodwill. It, it, it's just give, giving good uh, to someone. Uh, we have a benevolence fund. Uh, sometimes it's grieving, we give flowers. Uh, or we give gifts to those that we may have in need out of benevolent fund. So it's it's giving. So he says, that benevolence, that which God out of the goodness of his heart gives. He says, that benevolence, mildness or tenderness of heart, which disposes a person to overlook injuries. Now, we sin against God. We really in some sense don't injure God. We may break his heart. We may fall under his anger. Uh, but he says it's mildness and tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injury or to treat an offender better than he deserves. That's how God does with us. We deserve hell. But out of His mercy, His benevolence, tender-hearted, overlooking, let me rephrase that, not overlooking sin, but out of mercy, uh, extending uh, mercy and grace to us, uh, when we're away from him, when we're in sin, uh, giving us that, that which we do not deserve. Now he goes on and says this. He says, or treat an offender better than he deserves, the disposition, still talking about mercy, that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. So sometimes, even when we're under the chastening hand of the Lord, we still experience His mercy because He's not given us all that, we, that He, by His own law, and, justice and God's justice could rightfully give us. So He's saying there that part of mercy is not giving us that which we do deserve, but sometimes when we do deserve chastisement, it's withholding. He says, inflicting less than law or justice will warrant. In that sense, not only did we experience mercy the salvation of our souls, but we experienced mercy every day. Uh, He goes on, he says, In this sense, there is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. That which comes nearest to it is grace. It implies benevolence. and We've already talked about what that is. Tenderness, mildness, pity or compassion, and clemency. What's clemency? What's that? Well, leniency or or writing, uh, uh, writing or cleaning out the book. Uh, you know. You know. Somebody gives clemency; they they may have had some uh, penalty against them, but that penalty's lifted. He, he's, he's saying a compassionate clemency, but exercised only toward offenders. Mercy is a distinguishing attribute of the supreme being. So uh, I hope the bits and pieces of that definition really begin to grasp a full picture of what mercy is. It's God withholding that which we rightly deserve. Sometimes He's given us what we do deserve, but He's not giving us the full brunt of His wrath because of our sin. That's, that's mercy. Uh, and the passages we're going to look at Today or tonight are talking about that mercy. So we had this passage there in Deuteronomy four thirty one, where his judgments come, but he's saying, "Listen, if you'll return, I'll give you mercy and and restore you in the right relationship with me." Uh, Second Chronicles chapter thirty. Turn over there. Now, the verse we're going to look at is verse 9, but to give a little bit of context, verse 1 says, And Hezekiah sent to all Israel Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. So they're supposed to keep the Passover. Uh, Verse 7 says, Well, verse 6 says, And so the post went to the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remembrance of you that are escaped out of the land of the kings of Assyria. And be not like your fathers and like your brethren, which trespass against the Lord of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as you see. now ye be not sti- or, Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourself unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary. So he's saying here, they are supposed to do the Passover. What you find out is the generation before and some of the generation that they were in were not doing the Passover. They, they were just missing that feast. Again, the Passover, as we know, uh, was there in Egypt. Put the blood of the uh, lamb on the door's uh, post and they were over, the, as the Lord went over and brought judgment of the firstborn, they were overlooked, they were saved. Uh, from that judgment and they were supposed to celebrate that and they had, they had not been doing that and so they were under judgment again verse 8 that you be not stiff necked like your fathers but yield yourself unto the Lord which ye have sanctified forever and serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you for if you turn again unto the Lord your uh, under the Lord your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that fled, the, uh, led them captive so that they shall come again into this land for or because the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away His face from you if you return unto Him. Now I don't know if you've seen the, the pattern here these first two verses is they fall into judgment but to have the mercy of the Lord they have a responsibility. They have to turn back. Now if you've Go to sin and abide there. The longer you abide there, the more the wrath of God you're going to see. It's only when understanding that we've brought this judgment on ourselves and we return back to Him. God, in in this particular case, lifted His wrath and restored them back into right fellowship with Him because He was merciful. Turn over to Psalms 116 verse 5 I'm going to read uh, quite a few verses here Uh, you can turn or I'll just uh, read them Uh, Psalm 116 verse 5 says gracious is the Lord and righteous yea our God is merciful again he's talking about them dealing uh, with them there uh, in judgment in some regard but he's just again reiterating that he's gracious and He's righteous. He's he's never going to deal with us apart from His righteousness. In other words, we may be at His anger, we may have right judgment that could be brought against us, but what keeps us from having the full brunt of His uh, anger and judgment is His mercy. So uh, the psalmist is is talking about that. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 13, let me uh, read this again to give you a context there. Same thing. They're in judgment again because they're disobedient, and he says this. And rend. This is Joel two thirteen. He says, "Rend your heart and not your garments." Now, well, if if they were brought into sin and God was bringing them out, or there's judgment that was going on there, what was one of the things that the, the nation of Israel often did? They would tear their clothes and sit down in sackcloth and ashes it was a sign that they're mourning a sign that they understand the, you know, the, the judgment and, and the, the calamity that they're in and he's telling Joel or Joel's uh, telling people here rend your heart and not your garments you, you can outwardly tear your garments you can outwardly sit in sackcloth and ashes that's not indicative of whether, what the true condition of your heart is and he's saying rend your heart tear your heart not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For again, for He is gracious and merciful. And He gives a little more description about mercy here. Slow to anger and of great kindness. And repenteth Him of the evil. Now, it's not saying God did evil. He's talking about, they're, they're saying the judgment seems evil and God is going to repent Himself if we, if we return. So He says, rent your heart. Uh, have the mercy of God and know that He's going to be slow to anger. By the way, that is another indication that you're under the merciful hand of God. And listen, we need to understand that just because He's slow to anger doesn't mean that the judgment's not going to come. Sometimes we go into sin and we don't see immediate judgment and we think, hey, we got by with this. You know, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. We take comfort in it and kind of go on in that sin. Listen, we need to understand that God's slow to anger, but when that anger finally comes, judgment is going to follow. And so, when we we fall into that uh, sin or something, we need to understand that we need to return to God, uh, you know, and rely on His merciful hand and dealing with us to restore us, and never take it for granted. Understand that God is is merciful. Uh Turn over to uh, the book of Psalm and look at uh, quite a few verses here. We're just going to flip through them and read them. Psalm chapter 4, verse 1 is the first one. Uh, What I'm going to show you here is um, because God is merciful and David here is uh, giving truth uh, about God, and we can learn a lot about God in the book of Psalm. Uh, here we see verses dealing with mercy uh, Psalm chapter 4 verse 1 it says hear me when I call O God of my righteousness thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress have mercy upon me and hear my prayer now, what we're going to find here in some of these verses we look at is a pleading of the heart for the mercy of God because he understands the calamity that he's in sometimes the enemy of his souls after him sometimes we're going to see that uh, he is called upon the mercy of God because he's got sin in his own life. And and understanding through the psalm here of the absolute necessity of comprehending the mercy of God and the need of it, that sometimes we just got to beg God for mercy. Understanding how wicked we are, understanding the trouble that we may be in, understanding the difficulty we may have, we need the mercy of God dealing with us. So that was Psalm 4, verse 1. Uh, psalm 5 Look at verse 7. It says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in the fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Did you catch that? He's saying, listen, when we gather within the walls of a church building with God's people, or wherever God's people may gather, we need to understand that we're able to do that because God is merciful. We have the freedom uh, in this country to be able to be here tonight speaking the truths of God's Word because God's merciful. He, he's, he's reminding us there, uh, verse 7, that He's going to come into the house in the multitude of thy mercies. And again, the multitude. in the fear, or In thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. See, when we come here and understand that we're here because of the mercy of God, it really ought to resound more and more in our hearts the fear that we ought to have toward the Lord. Uh, Again, We're not talking about the kind of jump behind a bush kind of fear. We're talking about fear of of the awe of God and the fact that He judges sin. We do not want to fall in that judgment and more importantly because of our heart relationship with Him, we don't want to disappoint Him. It's all part of the, the fear of God. And he's saying, listen, you come with the, uh, here. We need to understand we're here because of the multitude of His mercies. And we need to fear God. Uh, Psalm 6, verse 2. Again, he's praying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. I, I hope we can uh, acknowledge our weakness. When we And the minute we acknowledge our weakness, we need to understand we we need the mercy of God. So he's acknowledging, he understands he needs the mercy of God. Uh, chapter 9, verse 13 says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me, that thou liftest me up from the gates of death. So again, he's talking about the enemy of his soul. Uh, and, by, and by the way, the more and more time that the Lord tarries and we're here on this earth, we're going to have more and more people hate what we stand for and the way that we live. Uh, And he's saying, listen, in the midst of that trouble, I need your mercy. Uh, I need your uh, guidance. We could go back and talk about the definition, which we will, uh, again, at the end, just to remind us. But to have his kindness toward us in difficulty when the enemy of our soul is after us, uh, verse... Or chapter 13 verse 5 says but I have trusted in thy mercy my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation uh, if we give testimony to salvation to the Lord we need to understand and, and, and give testimony to his great mercy in our lives we're saved because of his mercy uh, we did not deserve salvation uh, he worked in our hearts he's brought us to the understanding of our sin the need of repenting uh, from sin and turning to Him in faith. He's finished work on the cross of Calvary. Let's have salvation in our own souls. It's because of His mercy. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's that the end of? the end of life, he's talking about Psalm 23 there, talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because God's with me. His goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, the condition of that is that I'm being obedient, right? That I'm following after Him. That I'm desirous to do His will. He says, all the way, then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, for time, I'm not going to go through all these, but you can find these verses and pleading for mercy uh, in 25, 10, 27, 7, 31, 9, and 10. And the one I do want to look at is over Psalm 51. What is Psalm 51? Anybody know right off the top of your head? Yeah, It's David's repentance. From his sin against Bathsheba. Remember Nathan the prophet, that little bony finger of that prophet, come and, and ask him about this lamb, right? And he point, and, and David gives a right judgment, and Nathan points his finger at him and says, You are the man. And this right here in Psalm 51 is David's confession of that sin and pleading with God. And he starts it off like this: Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. So he begins this confession with the understanding that if he's going to make this right with God, he's got to have God's mercy. He's got to make sure God does not give him what he deserves uh, in this sin uh, that he's confessing. And so again, and by the way, if you get a point in your life where you've got to come to God and confess sin, make things right, the first thing you better plead on is His mercy. You better plead that He doesn't give you what you deserve. You better plead that He doesn't give uh, the full brunt of His wrath because of your sin. We need to, and I say you, I'm including me in that you. <laughs> so we, we need to, to understand that it, we absolutely are at, the, at God's mercy Talks about it in Psalm 86, 5. Psalm 105. Psalm 103, 8, and 11. Psalm 119, 124, and 36. There's mercy throughout the psalm. Well, let's look at a couple of New Testament passages. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in and trespasses and sin, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in disobedience, walk, worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse 3 Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Just saying, Listen, we were all in the same boat. We were all disobedient. The end of verse 2, our, the conversation of our way of life, we just fulfilled the lust of the flesh, fulfilled the lust of the mind. We were children of wrath. Verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. You see, in the depths of our sin, un- lost and undone, it was the mercy of God that reached down in our souls and exercised grace that brought us out so that we could be saved. We cannot. Our, our salvation is not apart from God's mercy or God's grace for that matter. But he says there in verse 4, but he is rich in mercy. We, again, I, I said at the beginning, we need to make sure we have hearts of gratitude for the mercy of God and at the same time have a fear of all that that mercy is keeping us from. The full judgment of God. Not only Ephesians, Titus chapter uh, 3, verse 4 and 6 says this, But after that kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness we've, we have done. We can't save ourselves. We can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. There's nothing in, in our lives that's good enough. You, 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 by the way, if you ever talk to somebody that talks about their goodness, being what, gets, take them here. Okay? listen to this not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that mercy is brought about in our lives through the sacrifice death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that brought salvation to our souls it's not our righteousness that did it it was God's mercy reaching down and saving us from our sin. And then the last passage we want to look at is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. He says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Okay? Stop right there a minute. There's not a thing that goes on in your life, no matter how bad you may think it is, that Christ didn't suffer himself without sin. Listen, touch with firm of our firmness, but was in all points. If you don't have to underline your Bible, you need to underline it. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So whatever the depth of temptation you think you face, that thing that you struggle with, listen, Christ was tempted in that point too. Except He didn't sin. And because of that, verse 16 says, Therefore let us come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What time of need is he talking about there? Time of temptation. Time of infirmity. Time of struggle. All those things that God... He says, listen, we need to boldly go before the throne of grace So that we can tame mercy. We can have that kindness of God that does not give us what we deserve. find that mercy there and find grace to help in time of need. Now, let me in closing go back to this definition of mercy. It says that benevolence, mildness or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves, the disposition that tempers justice induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. In this sense, there's perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. That which comes nearest to it is grace. It implies benevolence, tenderness, mildness, pity or compassion, and clemency. But exercise only toward offenders, mercy is a distinguishing attribute of the supreme being. We're here tonight because of the mercy of God. If you're saved, you're saved from the the depth of the lust of your flesh and mine because of the mercy of God if you have infirmity in your life or you're in trouble, you can go boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and so doing have grace to help in time of need. All because of God's mercy. It's so much more than that, not that the definition is not true, but mercy is so much more than God not giving us that which we deserve. It goes long before that. It's God withholding justice. (laughs) It's God withholding His anger. It's God, even in judgment in our lives, not giving the full brunt of what we deserve. (laughs) All that's because of God's mercy. It ought to bring about a fear in our souls because of that. But it also ought to bring about a great understanding of the absolute need every day to have the mercy of God. It ought to be a matter of prayer in our lives. It ought to... uh, Give us encouragement, comfort, and fear because of all the greatness of God's mercy in our lives. We can't live a moment without it. We need to understand and always be grateful uh, for that mercy. Let's pray. Dear Father, we do thank you for uh, your mercy. We really can't, fully grasp your mercy we've read a definition that just gives us some insight into uh, the multitude of mercies we have in our lives but we pray dear Lord that you'd help us to plead your mercy in our lives we pray that you'd help us to be full of gratitude because of your mercy we pray that you'd give us a fear that uh, we would not fall into sin and be at your judgment in our lives but you'd be merciful to us Ask, Lord, that you'd watch over us and help us in this area. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.